ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. And a happy Friday, everyone, wherever you're listening out there. Hope it's been a great week for you. Jack Benjamin filling in today for Gus Kattengill, who's gotten a jump start on the weekend in the form of what he thought would be a well-deserved vacation to Vermont for a family graduation. His nephew, it has turned into more of a uh, National Lampoon's family vacation type thing. We'll uh, get into that a little bit as we uh, go along. One guy not on vacation here on this very rainy Friday, Jordan Kleber. Producing, riding shotgun, he'll join me throughout, including uh, right now. My man, how are we doing? I know you're a uh, recent graduate of southeastern Louisiana, so congrats there. You go from the intern to the graduate. Good to have you aboard, and uh, good to finally be with you. I know we've been in, uh, in the process of making this happen for a while. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. I just wanted to say thank you for filling in for Gus. And yesterday as well, Maddie and Ty Graffinini filling in yesterday. So just want to say thank you so much. It's a I know it's a lot of work to do, so I appreciate you giving us three hours out of your day. Absolutely. Yeah, Todd and Maddie were terrific to listen to yesterday. And uh, I mentioned off the top that it is not the best weather day here. That's probably not uh, even selling it the way that you should. It is torrentially raining right now here in La Rose, right outside our studios. But we got to pack three hours for you. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm a play-by-play guy. I recently wrapped up my third year as the radio voice of the Nichols State University Colonels, which generates an automatic rivalry with the guy in the airwaves with me today. And uh, Jordan Clearberry, who I mentioned, just graduated from that school over in Hammond, America. But 100.3 FM ESPN Radio New Orleans, that is indeed the flagship home of the Colonel Sports Radio Network. So I call Colonel football, basketball, baseball. I also call games on the national level for a few different networks, including an ESPN, NBC, Westwood One, and Bally Sports. And I will say, too, I'm a native New Yorker, which is to say that I do not like Boston area teams. The Red Sox, Jordan, are enemy number one by far. Jerry Truck just glare here at KLRZ. Oh, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like that at all, man. But, um, by the way, the Yankees have the best record in baseball by, I think, four games as of last night. So uh, that's just uh, something I wanted to say. I mentioned my background, Jordan, to say that in terms of disdain, not far behind the Red Sox are the Boston Celtics, who have been a thorn in my side of uh, my New York Knicks for quite a while. That's not saying much because pretty much everyone's been a thorn in the side of the New York Knicks these days with uh, the way things have gone. But as much as I root against the Celtics, I'm an NBA fan first and foremost. I'm a sports fan. I appreciate greatness. And what they did Wednesday night, a 116-100 Game 3 win over the Warriors to take a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. What they've done in this series has been nothing short of spectacular we're going to chat a lot more about the finals as we go. We certainly want to hear from you what stuck out most in Game 3. Who do you got in Game 4? Do the Celtics take a 3-1 lead? Do the Warriors even it up going back to San Francisco? Jordan, you got a couple other polls of the day. What do you have for us? Yes, yeah, so as you just mentioned, who you got tonight is your question number one of the day, and that is Celtics or Warriors. Right now, leading the way at 54% is the Celtics. We only have 24 votes, but I ju- did just post that question. And the other questions that we'll be posting throughout the show, I'll kind of just give a, a, a little update at, for right now. But first one is, if anyone or anything, what would you be willing to give up for Russell Westbrook? I know you said you're a New York guy. I know there was a few people that were saying, hey, maybe he goes over to New York. So. Uh, the other question is, who is the most hated player in your lifetime? It could be NBA, NHL, NFL, college football, anything. And finally, we have LeBron says that he wants an NBA team in Las Vegas. What city that currently does not have a major league sports team do you want to see have one? You can comment at ESPN Radio NOLA over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003 and you'll be on the world line with Jack Benjamin and Buddy over there in the lower studio. 
All right, Jordan, we appreciate it. Well, there's a lot you can uh, think about there. I've got some strong thoughts on a few of the things that Jordan just brought up. We'll get to that towards the top of the hour. We've got a packed show. You can tweet the show. Jordan mentioned it at ESPN Radio Noah. The call line's 1-800-998-1003. You can tweet me. I'm on Twitter at JackBenjaminPXP, as in play-by-play. So it is cliche to say that we have a pack show. I don't know if you can physically jam more into a three-hour window than what we're going to try to attempt to do here today. We got week three of Saints OTAs just wrapped up yesterday. Dennis Allen and others spoke with the media. A ton to get into there. We're going to start here in just a little bit going through some of the sound that we got yesterday. That will lead us into a packed guest list, which is nearly as deep as the Celtics bench right now. That's saying a lot if you've uh, watched any of the finals so far. Good friend of mine, Lex Miraglia, is going to join us right around 12.15. He's a contributor to One Week Season. They're a provider for high-level research insight into each weekend of the NFL season, odds and fantasy perspective. Also a diehard Saints fan. He's based out in Arizona. You won't find many Saints people who know more about the team than he does. He's going to give some great insight into the OTAs, offseason moves, what to look for in terms of mandatory minicamp next week, which, by the way, you can attend Tuesday and Wednesday and then uh, Thursday is going to be closed to the public. I guarantee he's got some great insight for you. At 1 o'clock, Corey Glore. That'll be the start of our second hour. Radio voice of the Tulane Greenway. If you haven't heard, Todd Graffinetti went into it in great detail yesterday. But a new head baseball coach over there. They removed the interim tag from Jay Olbin, promoted him to the program's next head coach. So we'll uh, get all into the move, preview the Super Regionals as well. Corey's got a great perspective on the Supers because he spent six years as the radio voice of East Carolina baseball. They're the number eight national seed. They're hosting a Super for the first time. I joked around with him earlier on uh, a couple weeks ago about if he misses it, and of course he doesn't. He loves being in Uptown, but uh, pretty cool that Greenville will uh, host as they try to get to their first College World Series. we got a lot more to get into there as well. we got Gus's uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagles, Jordan, trying to make a move and get themselves to the College World Series. They're hosting in Hattiesburg for the first time as well. Big weekend for Gus. I'm sure at his uh, graduation he's going to be streaming, listening, doing something. Well, I mean, you mentioned the Golden Eagles, so hopefully uh, you didn't have a lot of people turn off down the uh, the radio dial there uh, <laughs> because the LSU did lose. Uh, I know there's a bunch of people that kept texting us during the show and during the game about you know LSU losing that one a few days ago. So might still a source uh, subject for LSU Tigers. Yeah, just just a little bit. That uh, they lost that if necessary game seven. And uh, I got to say, that might have been the best week of regional baseball I've seen. I've watched college baseball, college playoff baseball for a long time. It's as good as it gets. That's another question I've got for people. Do you have a better sporting event outside? Obviously, March Madness is number one. I don't know if anything really beats the college baseball regionals and supers with how intense it is. College softball's fun, too. The Women's College World Series wrapped up Oklahoma winning the title last night. So we got that and uh, one with Corey Glore, Rafael Esparza. Odds maker extraordinaire from VSI Doc Sports. He'll uh, talk everything. NBA Finals, Stanley Cup playoffs. My Rangers are in a big-time trouble now after somehow blowing a 2 nothing lead to the Lightning, and they've lost now three straight. So we'll get into that. David Grubb at one thirty, writer-contributor for Pelican Scoop, host of Heart of the Paint. I know he's on here all the time. He's going to have some great stuff about Zion Williamson in case you haven't heard what David Griffin had to say yesterday on the Ryan Russillo show from the ringer some really good stuff there about Zion and a possible contract extension they've got the opportunity to give him the max contract this offseason and then in the third hour Leo Haggerty at two it's sports magazine he covers the bucks we'll talk about Tom Brady who is uh, making news for all kinds of reasons these days Marlon Favorite at 2.15. He'll join us. Former LSU defensive tackle, won a national title in 2007. Talk about the Saints. And uh, Mark Kestisher, looking forward to him as well. Play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. He is in Boston getting ready to call Game 4 tonight from TD Garden. As we mentioned, the uh, Celtics trying to take a commanding 3-1 lead in the best of seven over the Warriors at home. Again, get involved with us at ESPN Radio NOLA. I'm at Jack Benjamin PXP and one 800 998 one zero zero three. To start it off, Saints wrapped up their final OTA session on Thursday. We'll talk a lot about this in the next segment too with Lex Miraglia, but plenty of takeaways from the practice session open to the media on Thursday. And with mini camps starting Tuesday, you got the Tuesday, Wednesday open to the public sessions, and then Thursday will be closed. 
Couple of key guys were back this week. Mark Ingram, P.J. Williams. They weren't spotted over the first couple practices available to the media. Tyron Matthew, Albert Huggins also returned after missing last week. And then those who were not in attendance, some that were expected. Taysom Hill, Traquan Smith, Bradley Roby, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marshawn Lattimore. You go down the line, Alvin Kamara, obviously. Will Lutz is back kicking in some capacity, so that's good news. For, for those Saints fans who maybe didn't appreciate Will Lutz and what he did, it is going to be pretty darn good to have him back this year. I, I guarantee that. And uh, Dennis Allen did say after practice he expects all the players to be present for mandatory minicamp next week. I want to start here, and we're going to get more to this as we go on with the show and throughout. Michael Thomas, obviously not 100% healthy at the moment. He's returning from an ankle injury that cost him the whole 2021 season, most of the 2020 season. And on Thursday, Dennis Allen talked to reporters saying Michael Thomas is doubtful to participate in mandatory mining camp. Take a listen to what uh, Dennis Allen had to say about Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm good with, with Mike Thomas's. I would much rather him be 100% healthy and out here and all those kinds of things, but that's not where we're at right now. He is busting his tail to get himself ready to go, um, and I feel like he's making significant progress. I think I think mentally he's in a great place. Um, and, and, you know, again, we're just going to let that process play out um, and, and get him healthy. And, look, we have, we have a long time to go before we play a game. Um, and so... Uh, you know, again, I'll get back to that huge jump thing. I'm not looking for a huge jump. I just want to see. So you heard there from Dennis Allen, and this is not surprising. Got a guy coming off a major ankle injury against seven games in 2020 after injuring the right ankle, missed all of 2021, underwent left ankle surgery last June, which came as the team preferred to have him agree to the operation earlier in the year. November, the Saints opted to rule him out for the remainder of the campaign, and obviously suffering a, a setback in his injury rehab, you think about a guy who, in the first four years of his career, averaged 117 catches and about 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns per year, NFL record 149 catches in 2019 when he was first-team All-Pro, Offensive Player of the Year. Go down the line and list what he did. He had every accolade in the book. So, yeah, you don't have an extreme rush to get a guy like that back for mandatory minicamp. But it is concerning when you think about the progress and you think about the way that this receiving core is constructed now. It, it, it's all reliant still on Michael Thomas being who he is. Jameis Winston, well-known what's going on with him. He's been the story, and we'll get into him about what's happened in OTAs thus far. But when you add in Jarvis Landry and you add in Chris Olave and knock on wood what happens with Alvin Kamara, hopefully he's available for a full 17-game season – as Dennis Allen says, this is an offense that can be pretty special if you get all those guys on the field. Yeah, I've thought a lot about it, you know, and I, there was a lot of thought that went into all the moves that we've made. Um, and, and so, yeah, look, we, we, as coaches, we go to bed every night thinking about football and we wake up every morning thinking about football. That's just the way it is. And so, um, so yeah, we, 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 we put a lot, we put a lot of thought into it and, and, uh, think that we have a chance to be pretty productive on offense. Chance to be pretty productive on offense. Michael Thomas would help. You got a guy who's a three time all pro, a guy who is as good as they come from a route running perspective. You know, the size he gives you, you know what he does between the tackles and, outside and running deep routes and abusing smaller corners. So can you get him back in a full capacity sooner than later? Obviously, the goal is training camp. That's not until July. you got time until then. But as the days tick, as more things go, OTAs, third week, fourth week, mini camp, you want to get reps. You want to see that whole offense out there. Dennis Allen, when he talks about what this offense can be, it's discussing it with a full slate of guys in mind, the full complement of talent that you have. And when you have a bit of a new offensive line, at least there's going to be some change at left tackle, obviously. And you think about Jameis Winston coming back from injury and who knows running back wise. Obviously, again, you hope that Alvin Kamara is fine. One of the question marks you hope that you wouldn't have to deal with is Michael Thomas. Now, Jarvis Landry helps you as a security blanket, obviously. Chris Olave as well. Who else can you get to come along from the ride? We'll talk about the tight end room. We'll talk about offensive line-wise, what they're going to have protection. 
If you have a defense who can carry you the way they have in the past, that'll go a long way as well. We're going to get into all of this and more with Lex Maraglia coming up in the next segment. Whole lot of Saints talk. We'll break down a lot of the possible depth chart. Talk more Michael Thomas. Talk about Jameis Winston, this offense, this defense. What can this Saints team be this year in 2022? It's the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on a Friday on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. It is the Sports Hangover. It is not Gus Kattengill, Jack Benjamin in for Gus here on a Friday. So glad to be with you here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Talking a lot of Saints, OTAs, week three just wrapped up. We've got mandatory minicamp right around the corner. Tuesday, Wednesday open to the public. And then Thursday will be closed off. And I teased it in the first segment. Now on the line, a good friend of mine, contributor to one week season which is a provider of high-level research insight into each weekend of the NFL season from an odds and fantasy perspective, and a diehard Saints fan, 
A guy who happened to graduate from the same spot as me, best place on earth in Santa Clara University, a fellow Bronco, Lex Baraglia. My man, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be on here with you, man. I'm just so happy to hear you crushing it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time we actually talked because, you know, our generation, man, we're all about the texting and you know, occasional FaceTime, I guess, but it's texting and Snapchats and whatnot. So I, uh, it's funny. I get you on here and it's a uh, live radio capacity, just like the old days over at uh, KSCU. And I, I figured before we, uh, get rolling here, Lex, I had to play one thing for you. Not sure if you'll remember this, uh, full on from back in the day, but this was, uh, the old show intro I had when I was on the air at uh, KSU over at Santa Clara. Hi, I'm Chris Berman. Anytime I'm near the real Broncos, which would be Santa Clara. I try to keep up with the Benjamins, which is why I listen to Jack Benjamin every time I'm in the neighborhood. <laughs> I figured I'd give that for you. Um, hey, you've been a, uh, a huge Saints fan since you started watching football. We were chatting about this earlier. You're out in Scottsdale right now. I think it's hot here in New Orleans when it's you know 90 degrees. What are you guys at, 100 degrees the other day? You were saying it feels like 110? Oh, yeah, we're approaching like 110 today, I think, somewhere around that. So it's it's nice and toasty out here. Oh, man. Well, uh, it's heating up at Saints Minicamp. You, uh, I tell a lot of people this. I'm around people who cover the Saints on a daily basis and for a living, and your knowledge of this team is right up there with the best of them. Tell me, uh, let, let's start here at the top. Um, OTAs obviously underway. The big story last week, Jameis Winston, his return. He's moved from knee brace to knee brace. I feel like I'm at a, a an orthopedic place, you know, feeling, you know, figuring out what kind of a uh, different gear people are wearing just to uh, recover from various injuries. But uh, Jameis is back and throwing. We know what happened last year. Seven games, the injury at uh, Halloween against Tampa, tears the ACL, the MCL. What people miss, I think, Lex, he throws the five touchdowns week one and then two picks week two against Carolina. He was really starting to click. I think he was over 200 yards, his final three full starts. What's your take on kind of where Jameis is and and sort of how things will play out for him as he prepares for his first uh, season, hopefully full season as a starter? Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind, like, patience. You know, we didn't get a full picture of, you know, what he would be like as a Saints quarterback last year just through – such a shortened season for him. So now he's going to be coming back from injury. He's on his fourth play caller in as many seasons as he's been a starting quarterback the last four years. So you got to preach patience there. The three guys that are going to be his leading receivers, none of them were on the team last year when he was playing. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, ups and downs early on, I think. But, you know, I, I, I think that Jameis is in a really good spot to uh, take off this year. Carmichael's proven that he's been a good play caller in when he had to take over for Peyton back in 2012. He's been with the Saints for as long as he's been. You know, so I, I'm I'm confident in Jameis and this this offense, but I do think it's going to be very important to stress patience. Uh, that's going to be a lot of stuff to figure out, you know, early on. And yeah, Dennis Allen too is a head coach. You know, he's got to get back in his group as well. So I think the offense as a whole has a lot of potential, but I think patience is going to be very very important early on. Yeah, again, people have to keep in mind this is a guy working his way back from being what seven months just about recovered from major knee surgeries. So, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a limp. He'll be wearing a brace. He's going to be figuring his way out through things. You mentioned a good point here before we move on to to some different position groups. Pete Carmichael moving into that play-calling role. Obviously, he's been an offensive coordinator. He called plays on a full-time basis in that 2012 season where they were second in total offense, third in scoring offense. I think 2016, was it right? He called plays the first half of the season as well. Now, the difference is Drew Brees was under center at that time, and I know how fond you are of Drew, as pretty much everyone in this market listening right now was. What's your take on how Jameis now adjusts to, as you mentioned, fourth play caller in four years, and uh, just kind of getting on the same groove with Pete Carmichael, especially come week one? Yeah, I think the nice thing is that he has been in the system now for two years. You know, he was there that year when he sat behind Drew, and now he's there, you know, another year. Even though he was hurt last year, you know, he got to be a part of a lot of stuff. And it's not like, even though Carmichael's new play caller for him, he has been in that Saints locker room with Jameis these last couple of years. So I think the relationship has definitely already been been built over the last couple of years. So I'm not worried about that. I think, like anyone, Carmichael's going to have to find his groove as a play caller, you know, Lots of these guys do over the course of the season. And then Jameis himself, like you said, working back from a serious knee injury, you know, new receivers, you know, we lost to Ron Armstead. So there's, you know, going to be some changing on the line. So there's definitely going to be a lot of moving parts and some stuff. And that's why I keep saying patience, patience, patience. But uh, I'm confident in the two of them. I think it's been very helpful that he's been in the system now as long as he's been. 
Again, chatting with Lex Maraglia, a good friend of mine, contributor to One Week Season. They provide odds and fantasy all uh, throughout the NFL season. So he's a really good follow, by the way, at Lex Maraglia. That's M-I-R-A-G-L-I and then three A's on the uh, end of that name. That's one of those things, Lex, I'm guessing, where Twitter, they just keep telling you to put a new username in. You have to get to just keep adding symbols. At least I guess they didn't make you add, what is it, like a password where you got to put an exclamation point and a dollar sign. <laughs> it's probably because I made it when I was like 12 years old. That, that could also that could also be the case. Hey, you touched upon the offensive line group, the wide receiver group. Two guys I want to ask you about. Um, elephant in the room, I guess, with Alvin Kamara and what he's going, what he's kind of going through. Hearing got moved to August seems a lot less likely, I would say, than it did a couple months ago um, in terms of a suspension coming on for him. But uh, he's a guy I'm curious about. And then Michael Thomas, who I talked about in my opening, and, and what's going on with him, not at the uh, OTAs so far, likely going to be out for minicamp next week. Those two guys, what's your take on sort of their status and, and how this team kind of goes about it without them, at least maybe until training camp? Yeah, Thomas is probably the easier one for me to talk about. So I think the most important thing for this roster this year is that they're more equipped to handle his absence. Now, I do expect him to be back, and it sounds like they do as well. Obviously, he's working through some more hurdles, but uh, they've got, you know, Jarvis Landry now. They've got Olave. So last year, they were just, you know, really at the bottom of the barrel in terms of receiver. But uh, now those guys who were having to be the one, two, and three, you know, get to be the four, five, and six. So I think the receiver room is very deep. I think they can handle, you know, a Michael Thomas absence a little bit better this year. And uh, But, you know, of course, you always want him out there. He was so good back in 2019. It's really a bummer that he's lost so much time off his career. Um, but hopefully we'll have him back out there soon. And like, he looks, you know, nice and healthy. He's posting some videos lately of him running full speed. So we're getting there with him. Kamara's tough because obviously, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what's going on with the legal situation, but um, it's nice to have, you know, a vet like Ingram in there. They've got Tony Jones and that, and the, I think Abram Smith is the guy they signed. Dwayne Washington is another guy I think people forget about. He's been with the team a few years now. Granted, it's mostly been on special teams, but he's the guy who can step in and help out. And no matter what, you know, going from Tamaris to any of these guys is a massive downgrade just in terms of the running game and the passing game. But, you know, I think it's too early for us to speculate. We don't really know what's going to happen with that. And obviously you just, you'd like to have them out there, you know, for this offense. Hey, Abram Smith, you mentioned, has been an interesting one out of Baylor undrafted free agents. He's a guy who could certainly climb up the depth chart. We'll see in terms of uh, those, those four or five running backs, what happens there. Tight end-wise, curious about this. Lucas Kroll, undrafted uh, guy out of Pitt. He's gotten some attention. Juwan Johnson-Lex, I know, is a guy who you're high on. He's come along undrafted out of Penn State in 2020. Feels like that tight end room can kind of slowly but surely, maybe even quietly become maybe one of the one of the strengths on this uh, offensive side. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a little underrated just because I think people wanted things out of Troutman so fast, so I think people forget that tight ends typically take a little bit longer, and he was coming from a small school as well. So I think, you know, I still believe in Troutman. You know, he's going to be in his third year now. Taysom is focusing more on tight ends, so you're going to get maybe some more flexibility with him, you know, in those different roles. And then, yeah, like you said, Juwan Johnson, you know, he showed a lot of potential last year, you know, just with his athleticism. Like, you know, no matter what, he's going to be an effective guy in the red zone. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's an underrated group. I, you know, they're certainly not at the top of the league here. But there's room for upside, you know. I, I'm excited about that room. One guy who I know you're happy to have back is Will Lutz. I think Saints fans may have taken it for granted. I, I remember just looking at Twitter over the course of the season last year, Lex, and you and I would joke about this all the time back in college. But what it, I, th- I think he's missed seven extra points in his career, and the Saints missed seven extra points last season. This is a guy who's, <laughs> what, 87% on field goals for his career. That's one of those you, you almost forget how good he is until he's gone. And uh, there it is right there. But to have him back, it's an unbelievable addition. Yeah, I mean, Nick Underhill's been preaching it as his, he might be one of the biggest, you know, underrated, you know, additions to the team this year. I mean, I think people forget the few years before we had less. I mean, there were seasons where, you know, there was kicks being blocked. There was, you know, returns, like things like that would happen all over the place. And what, what happened last year, they probably lost out on a playoff spot from some of those games, you know, where they couldn't make kicks. So I think that that's a massive addition. I mean, Lutz is, you know, maybe the second best in the game behind Tucker right now. So when he's healthy, so I, I'm really excited about Lutz being back. I think any Saints fan should be thrilled to have him back and give him the patience. You know, he hasn't kicked now basically in a full year in live games, but um, I, I think that's going to be massive for the Saints' offense as a whole. 
Lex Maraglia with us on the line here. Lex, we got about a minute or two. Defensive side of the ball, we haven't gotten to a ton here. Most of my questions were, were kind of on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, tell me your, your biggest, maybe one or two storylines here. Defensive line-wise, obviously some moving pieces. you got the injury questions with Turner and Davenport. I know secondary is a spot that folks are curious about. Adebo and Taylor kind of battling it out. What, what do you think about some of these position battles? The defense is so loaded still. I think there's going to be a lot of there's a lot of the same guys up front in linebacker room, so I think that's really key for consistency. You still got Demario Davis and Cam Jordan as the leaders. Now the the safety is going to be the interesting part. Obviously, you lose Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins, um, and replacing them with May and Matthew. So great players in their own right, just different. So there's going to be some you know you know issues with communication probably early on, but I think that's very exciting. And then the cornerback room is just continuing to grow with Lattimore, and then adding a Debo last year, drafting Alante Taylor. So I, I'm very excited about the defense. I think Davenport and Turner, you know, fresh blood on the lines. I think, you know, their problems with injuries, but they're both extremely talented players. So I'm very excited about that. You know, I think the defense has just got so much talent, and that's that's great for Dennis Allen in his first year. Lex, appreciate you coming on, my man. I uh, It was great to catch up. Always appreciate your insight. I know folks here are going to uh, beg to have you back on in the future. <laughs> Thanks. Good luck, Jack. Appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you, man. That's Lex Maraglia, again, contributor to One Week Season. Get him on Twitter, at Lex Maraglia. Whole lot more to get into with the Saints. Again, tell us what position groups are you most curious about as we work towards mandatory mini camp next week. What excites you most about this roster? We roll on with the sports hangover. More after this, Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill on a Friday on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Hi, I'm Mike Gwynn with Gwynn Auction Company, and I'd like to invite you all to our upcoming public equipment and vehicle auction this Saturday, June 11th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. This auction will feature late model Caterpillar equipment, excavators, dozers, farm equipment, vehicles, and much more. To view our inventory, go to GwynnAuctions.com. When searching for us on maps, simply search Gwynn Auction Company. That's this Saturday, June 11th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Thinking about gas mileage? Keep your engine at its best with clean oil from Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. Got an older vehicle? Use Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic High Mileage. Right now, you can get five quarts of either with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for $36.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,000 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in AutoZone. Loyalty restrictions apply. You want eight of the Flutonomics? Shira's hand-blown glassware blows right off her store's shelves. Get back for more indigo bowls. She needs an inventory manager to help keep her stock on lock. These are 100% porous. So get those aren't. Hey, can someone check the temp on the kiln? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. The training has helped my career so much because it's a platform of skills that I never had before. The training program has, has helped me to go from uh, just a regular job to a career because when I first came here, I didn't know anything about this line of work. Without doing this training, we wouldn't be able to work for the companies that we work for. Learn more at laworks.net slash IWTP. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Fun first couple of segments. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on this Friday on the Sports Hangover. So glad you're joining us. Fortunately, a, a pretty rainy and Miserable Friday here over in La Rose and uh, in this area around here. But uh, we got plenty to get into. Still an hour number one talking Saints over those first couple segments. You can tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA. What's stuck at most to you through the first couple weeks, first three weeks, I should say, of Saints OTAs. What are you looking forward to most about mandatory mini camp next week? Tuesday, Wednesday, open to the public. So uh, get over there and then uh, Thursday will be closed and, uh, well, now we switch gears a little bit and talk NBA Finals, which the Boston Celtics lead 
Now two games to one, a 116-100 win in game three. Tonight, we've got game four. You can hear that right here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. It's a one-hour pregame show starting at 7 o'clock Central Time. And then 8 o'clock, they'll tip it off. And the guy who does the play-by-play for the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio, Mark Kestisher, he's going to join us in our third hour right around 2.30. He's uh, in Boston at TD Garden getting ready to call that game. So we're looking forward to having Mark on the airwaves. For those of you who have listened to the show over the course of the last couple weeks, and Gus has broken down the finals, of course. Todd Graffinini, Matty Hudak broke it down yesterday. A whole lot of a whole lot to get into with the finals so far, and what I think sticks out first and is worth noting in this market and in this area and in this town of New Orleans and in the city of New Orleans, where people have bought in in a big way to the Pelicans, is what the Celtics are doing, not just on the stat sheet, but things that you can't necessarily define by defined by what's in the box score: toughness, grit determination, every loose ball these guys are after. They're out hustling the Warriors. They're bigger. They're stronger. It's only a two games to one lead. It could, yeah, technically be worse. It could be better. You're playing a championship team, a Golden State team that has won three titles. you got the core still there and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. But this young Celtics team, whose nucleus, and you think about Brown and Tatum who are 24 and 25, and Marcus Smart, who's still in his 20s, and then guys like Robert Williams and down the line with Grant Williams, pretty much all built through the draft. Who does that remind you of? Yeah, I'd say the New Orleans Pelicans fit the bill there a little bit. The Celtics in this series have just been remarkable with the way they haven't backed down and have responded whenever adversity has been thrown their way. And I think the biggest testament to that is that the Golden State Warriors are doing what they have historically done to pretty much every team in the NBA over the course of this, you can pretty much call it a dynastic run. Yes, Kevin Durant isn't walking through that door for Game 4 at TD Garden here tonight. But this team, they come out of the locker room in the third quarter, and they hit you like a block of bricks. It hits you like a pack of bricks, I should say, every single time. They did it again in Game 3. They're down by 18 points. They come all the way back, they take a lead, and the Celtics respond again. And they go ahead and in the fourth quarter outscore the Warriors 23 to 11 after the Warriors outscored them by 8 in the third. And I think about what the Celtics are doing right now. And a 26-11 start to the first quarter, so they're getting on the Warriors early. They're not backing down. Jalen Brown, by the way, at 17 of his team-high 27 in the first quarter, 22 in the first half. Celtics led by 12 at halftime. They were plus 10 on the glass in the first half, plus 16 in the paint, 13-3 in second-chance points. You go down the line, they win all the hustle stats in the first half, and then the third quarter happens, right? And the Warriors make their push, as they so often do, and the Celtics as they did in Game 1 when they fell behind by 15 and outscored the Warriors 40-16 to in the fourth quarter, outscored them 23-11, to that's especially significant because who holds the Warriors to 11 points in a quarter? <laughs> you got a team now, and the Celtics are the best defense in pro basketball. Any stat you want to look at, for those who are stat nerds, defensive efficiency, Defensive effective field goal percentage, points allowed, field goal percentage, three-point defense. You name it. They're the best at it. Tied for the fewest points in the shot clock era by the Warriors in any quarter of the finals with them scoring 11 points in the fourth quarter of Game 3. Actually, the last time that they scored 11 points in a quarter in the finals was Game 6 of the 2016 finals against the Cavaliers. And so... What the Celtics are doing is weathering the storm and then punching back. And their punches just aren't handled right now by the Warriors. Steph Curry is doing everything he possibly can. Now, I guess this guy can do more because he's Steph Curry, and we've seen him erupt in ways that no human being in the history of the planet ever has from a shooting perspective. He's the greatest shooter ever. He's got the most threes ever. That's what defines it. He had 31. Clay Thompson, who had... I don't I don't know what you want to say. Maybe he looked like Will Farrell and semi pro over the course of the first couple of games, which he kinda of does with the headband and he had I think thirteen points 
on average in those first two, shot the ball about 30% for the floor. He came back in game three, 25 points, knocked down five threes after making four in the first couple games. But what's going on is the Celtics, they're just jabbing the Warriors. It's a jab and a jab and a jab. The next thing you know, you're nearing the canvas. And Steph Curry in this series, in the fourth quarter, Six total points. Now, he's only played two fourth quarters. I should make clear on that because the Warriors blew them out in game two. But in the in game one and game in game three, two fourth quarters, six total points, three for ten shooting, 0 for three from three-point range. And now he's got another issue, which is that he got rolled up on, on his left foot by Al Horford late in the fourth quarter. And that is something that is certainly concerning, although if you ask Steph Curry about it, he's saying that he's going to be good to go for game four. Get ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, same thing I did in Denver or against uh, Boston in regular season, but I'll be uh, not not as bad. So he's saying right now that his foot's going to be okay, and similar to what happened, those of you might remember back in the end of the regular season, Marcus Smart had a similar player. They dove for a loose ball, and Marcus Smart kind of rolled up on him accidentally, and Steph ended up having to miss some of the tail end of the regular season. It's a similar type injury. But regardless, Steve Kerr put him back into the game, didn't take him out. So you'd think that he's probably going to be okay. And regardless of what's going on with him and what's going on with Clay Thompson, if the Warriors don't start getting some help somewhere else, they're going to be in more trouble than they already are, which seemingly is impossible when you think about the fact that they were outscored in the paint 52-26. to 15-6 in terms of offensive rebounds in favor of Boston. The Celtics, by the way, had 22 second-chance points in Game 3. 22-11 to 11 in terms of that. And then the biggest number. This is a young Boston team. It, it, having that crowd behind you, that crowd. For those of you who haven't been to TD Garden before, those Boston fans, they can be so passionate. It can work against you as a young team. You can get too energetic. It's very possible. And the Celtics have played 23 games this postseason. It's pretty simple. 16 or more turnovers, they're 0-5. 15 or fewer turnovers, they're 14-2. Turned it over 12 times in Game 3. The Warriors turned it over 17 times. That sticks out right there. But one of the biggest things right now that's going on with the Warriors, you look at their DNA, and, and we talk about the toughness factor and what the Celtics are doing that the Warriors aren't in terms of out-hustling them and out-muscling them. Where does the toughness of the Warriors come from? It's Draymond Green. And he's not always a guy who's going to stuff a stat sheet in the scoring column. He never has. He did have that breakout Game 7 in 2016. I think he had 32 points and made something like seven or eight threes. And frankly, he probably wins the Finals MVP if the Warriors win that game and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving don't find a way to pull Cleveland to its first-ever NBA title. Draymond in this series has scored 15 total points and committed 15 fouls. Fourth player in NBA history with 15 or more fouls and 15 or fewer points through the first three games of a finals in NBA history. Game three had two points, by the way, and six fouls. He had four rebounds. So he had two points and four rebounds. He has as many points and rebounds as he had fouls. And now what's happening with the Warriors is you're starting to get the outside noise and the question marks are coming and things like Draymond Green and what he's doing with his podcast. And I give him all the credit in the world the same way that I give C.J. McCollum of the Pelicans credit for going on ESPN and doing his thing. Now, the difference is C.J. isn't actively playing in an NBA Finals, whereas Draymond is. But Draymond's a smart guy. He's going to make a lot of money. He's incredibly well-spoken, knows what he's talking about with the game. And he's releasing podcast episodes during the finals. So do the math. They've played three games. Draymond scored two points in game three. Draymond Green then, by default, has released more podcast episodes than he had points in game three of the NBA finals. And some of the reporters are starting to take note of it. And Draymond's not loving it. Take a listen to what Draymond had to say when a, a reporter questioned him on... Is doing the podcast, and well, maybe uh, if he wants to possibly cut back on it, considering opponents might be taking something from it. 
Jacob Benton. Jake Fisher, Bloomberg Report. Um, Draymond, I'm not saying it's why you struggled tonight by any means, by any means, but I found listening to your podcast recaps the last couple of games pretty interesting. Are you conscious at all of what you're saying about X's and O's, the game plans, the adjustments could be making their way back to Boston staffers and influencing their decision making role? No. Um, I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. So, nah. What's the X and O's that I said on the podcast? You all right? If that's X and O's, then I don't. You reaching for something. It's all good, though. Keep going. <laughs> reaching heavy. The only thing, you find that they are taking X's and O's away from your, your podcast. Uh, well, the only thing you said is um, White, Smart, and Horford. Hmm. I'm not trying to build up that. I, nah, I mean, you, you went for it, but. Yeah. Here's the problem I have with Draymond. It's not the podcasts. It's not necessarily even the scoring. This is not a guy who's going to score a ton in general. He should be more aggressive, and I get that. Draymond Green's a defensive player of the year. He's known as one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's the leader of the Warriors on defense. The Warriors gave up 116 points to the Celtics in a finals game. You score 100 points, that should be enough to win you an NBA finals game. And the Warriors right now are giving up layups to a Celtics team that's hungry, they're determined, the Celtics right now are calling for clearouts on Draymond Green. Jalen Green is telling people to move aside so he can take Draymond to the basket. That's where things need to change. It's not a podcast. It's not the scoring. Warriors better figure this thing out. Or they're going to be down 3-1 heading back to Oracle. I shouldn't say Oracle. Heading back to uh, the Chase Center. And again, Kevin Durant isn't walking through that door. Against the sports hangover, Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill. A lot more to get to here on this Friday. A lot more Saints, a lot more NBA Finals. We'll talk Pelicans and a whole lot more on ESPN Radio New Orleans. It's what pretty girls do. I'm throwing Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 
Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill here on a Friday. Gus over in Vermont at his uh, nephew's graduation. He had tr- quite the uh, trials and tribulations to get over there yesterday. Jordan Kleber back joining me riding shotgun. We got Buddy Miller working the dials. Jordan, uh, good to have you back, man. We were talking, I know you guys were discussing this a little bit yesterday with Gus. Uh, the only thing I can relate to what he went through yesterday is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of a mess already because the day before yesterday, he was saying that the flight was canceled altogether, and then the next day he had to get on a 6 o'clock flight, finally landed at 7 p.m. Um, later on in the day. So he had a full day traveling with a 5-year-old, and he said that he was lucky that he had enough content for him to watch throughout the day. So, yeah, not, hey, not ideal. As long as Carver did well throughout <laughs> that day, I, I think it's fine. As long as he's uh, uh, yeah, as long as he's in place, as we said, to watch his uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagles tomorrow, which I know isn't favorable with the LSU folks on here. Hey, uh, stories of the day. I know there's a bunch going on in the world of sports right now. Uh, what, what do you what do you got for us, and what do you got for me that we can uh, break down? All right, we might have uh, lost uh, him for just a second as we get his mic uh, up and running. I know um, one thing we were breaking down earlier was the poll and who who's going to uh, take game four here tonight. Will it be the Warriors or the Celtics? Right now that's a uh, 2-1 lead in favor of Boston after winning game three. And, uh, again, you can get involved at ESPN Radio NOLA. Again, you can uh, tweet at us there. You can tweet at me at JackBenjaminPXP, and you can also call us and uh, dial in to the show, 1-800-998-1003. The uh, phone lines are open. We're going to see if we can get uh, Jordan's mic uh, back up here and working in just a second. But, uh, again... Game three was just fascinating with the way that the Celtics responded and seemingly the way that they've have all season long responded, really the second half of the season since the uh, start they got off to. And they are uh, a team that has just found a way in the fourth quarter in this series to do everything needed to get wins, and now they're closing in on Possibly taking a 3-1 lead, which is close to insurmountable. Only one team has come back from that deficit in the history of the finals. The Warriors were on the losing end of it back in 2016 when the Cavaliers came back to beat them. I think we've got Jordan's mic back up here and working. All right, we got him up and running. Jordan, what do you have? Uh, we talked about the All poll right. uh, between who wins game four. What else you got? World of Sports. Yeah, so I actually just saw this here a few minutes ago. Devontae Adams compared Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, and this is what he had to say. He says, as far as talent and ability, it's really similar if I'm keeping it real. So, hey, that's a very, very bold statement from Devontae Adams. Obviously, he's going to say that that's his new quarterback. So, obviously, he's going to say only good things about Derek Carr. For other questions or other storylines for today, uh, NBA-related league sources expect Donovan Mitchell to eventually request a trade to a glamour market, in quotes, like New York, your New York Knicks, or Miami in the future. So that's very interesting. I know this has been a name that's been, been going around the past couple of seasons to be the next big superstar so, to be traded away. So, hey, that's interesting news. Yeah, all right, all right. Let's start with the first one. Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Well, so, so he, his wording was that they're similar. That that was the yeah, wording. They're, they're you, well, well, you, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what, you know what, they are. They, they both find ways to lose the first playoff game that they play. So that's one. You are very correct on that. <laughs> There's one. They uh, both at times can be gunslingers. No, look, Aaron Rodgers has won what? What is it? Three MVPs now. Four. I, I've lost track of how many regular season MVPs. Derek Carr's got a long way to go before he's in that class. But from a playoff performance standpoint, 
I don't blame Devontae Adams for getting a little sick of Aaron Rodgers and, and, and what you're dealing with over there. Now, he was the one guy that was targeted, so the numbers are going to go down a little bit. The fantasy numbers might be a little bit lower with the, the guys they have over there in, Oak, in, uh, in Las Vegas and Waller and some other guys on the outside, and you got actual running backs to go to, so that's interesting. Now, Donovan Mitchell's a fascinating one. I don't know. I don't know if you saw Quinn Snyder and that his move of basically resigning from the Jazz and stepping down. I didn't see that one coming. I know Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder were pretty close. First off, I wanted my Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell out of Louisville back in. I think it would have been the 2017 draft. I could have been. I could be wrong. It was either 2017 or 20. I think it was 17. I think it was the same year actually as Jason Tatum. And we weren't the only team to pass him. There were other teams that that went. With, with other guys that year. But, um, look, it'd be great to have him in New York. We, we have, a, I guess, some young talent there. But uh, that's a guy who I figured would be in Utah for a little while. But at some point with Rudy Gobert, I guess it, it has just sort of gotten to the point where those two, I don't know how much longer they can coexist with, with everything that has gone on. And, uh, yeah, it might be time to mix things up a little bit in Utah. I'll, I'll happily take Donovan Mitchell over the other guy you teased me earlier in, West, in uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and kind of talking about Russell Westbrook, that is one of the questions of the day. And if there's anybody or anything that you would give up to have Russell Westbrook on your team, what would you be willing to give up? You can comment at ESPN Radio Nola over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. And that, has to, that also brings up another storyline that happened yesterday, and that is new Lakers head coach Darwin Ham saying that Russell Westbrook is actually staying, if Russell Westbrook is actually staying, um, that he'd be, you know, one of the better fits. Yeah, let's get let's get Lakers. let's get people the audio on this. This is a good one. By the way, to answer your question on, uh, I'll answer the Westbrook question on what you would give up after this. Let's let's hear some of this audio from uh, Darvin Ham, new Lakers head coach, former uh, longtime Bucks assistant, and uh, a guy who was an assistant for a while under Mike Budenholzer. I want him to feel loved. I want him to feel comfortable. I want to, I, I want him. He and I had a, a, a great talk the other night over the phone, and um, it was about sacrifice. You know, what I mean, we—he's been a guy. LeBron's been a guy. AD's been a guy, and you see several guys around the league like this. Some who've won championships, some who have not. They conquered. They've conquered pretty much everything you can conquer as an individual NBA. They've they've conquered everything you can conquer, if that includes basically building a village of houses with bricks in Nicaragua. I guess you can add that one to the list. I I, I don't know what talking about his MVP for. I assume he's saying the 2017 18 Russell West. I I don't know what what you're talking about at this point. You saw people are saying it wasn't a big enough sample size, right? What what else do you need to see from this guy? It just it's not enough anymore to be effective at this level, and he's really never been an effective guy trying to play as the second fiddle or third fiddle. Right, yeah. The only time that I thought he was really stand out is when he was in OKC and he had the whole team to himself, and he was basically averaging triple doubles out the you-know-what. So I, I just think it's you know a combination of needing the ball in his hands too much, and you know he's just been around the league, and... If you're hoping for a player of yesteryear, I don't think you're going to get that. I think it, you'd probably be better if you just moved on. I, I see him as a sensational solo act when he was in his prime, which he's not anymore. He's way upwards now of 30. Um, he's on the wrong end. He has not evolved the game to the current NBA in terms of the jump shot. has really never been consistent or improved. He turns the ball over too much. And he's a guy that has the ball in his hands on a team where you've got the Best ball dominant player maybe ever in LeBron James. I I think this is just talk. If the Lakers do not move on from him, they're basically conceding that they're not going to win a championship, in my opinion. Yeah, it's hey, I, I think that's a fit, very fair take, and I know we're up against the top of the hour break. So I'll just kind of leave with this, and it's about the New Orleans Pelicans. I know you probably touched on it already. And you're going to be touching on it more up in the upcoming hours, and that is David Griffin actually talked on a podcast yesterday about Zion and his contract extension. So, going to want to listen to that more if you haven't heard it already here on the Sports Hangover. And I know you're going to get all into that with David Grubb. So, yeah, we'll talk about that next <laughs> hour. 
No, yeah, some some uh, some interesting comments from David Griffin, and I think if you're a Pelicans fan, you're uh, you're certainly happy. You're uh, he's saying what what should be said. I think the the wording you got to be careful with because this is not the way the headline reads is we're bringing Zion on, we're ready to go, let's do this thing. No, there are some things that need to be worked out when you got a guy who's played 85 games in the first three years of his NBA career. There are, uh, I think, going to be some stipulations in there. But uh, those are all uh, good spots, uh, good headlines there, Jordan. Appreciate it. Again, uh, you can get involved with us at ESPN Radio NOLA. I'm at, at Jack Benjamin PXP. And um, you can also call us. We'll open the phone lines up a little bit later on, 1-800-998-1003. Coming up, the radio voice... Of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore wrapped up his first season as the radio voice in Uptown a little while back with baseball. Tulane's got a new baseball head coach. We'll chat with him about that. We got a super regionals going on around the country, too. He's a guy who's called a couple of supers, get his insight on a couple of matchups, and a whole lot more. It's the Sports Hangover. Jack Benjamin in for Gus Kattengill on a Friday here on ESPN Radio New Orleans. Oh, no. 